Hi, and good morning. Welcome to another episode of Ask Ellie, Intuitive Insights and Your Questions Answered. Today is the autumnal equinox. It is September 22nd. And so we've got a very exciting podcast today. Got a very exciting podcast coming up today. A lot of topics, a lot of conversations. Uh, It's going to be a really great podcast. And I have a guest with me today. So this too will be very exciting. And I am going to get started right now. All right, here we go, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So first of all, my name is Ellie Molina. I am your hostess. For those of you joining me for the first time and listening to the podcast for the first time, I am an intuitive, I'm a psychic, I am an author and an educator. I also have my own consulting business and I do readings and consultings. So without any further talk today. Let's get started. Um, Let's get started on the podcast. Just one moment. I do have background interference um, coming up. So if you are, if you are on, could you possibly mute yourselves in some way until you are ready to speak? So that may help with the background noise. Okay, great. Thank you. That noise has vanished. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And good morning, everybody in the room today. We've got Josie and Deb and Thomas. <laughs> We're going to have to hear from you. And we've got um, and we've got our guest is on the call today. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning from Germany. Thomas, as everybody who's been listening to the podcast for the last year knows, Thomas has made his move to Germany. And this was all through manifestation and the ability to manifest and do the work the way the work was designed. So if you have big dreams and you're listening today, good morning, Eva. If you have big dreams... Uh, and you are interested in making your dreams become a reality, that is a field of expertise that I engage in. So you know where I am. You can always reach me at ellie at elliemolina.com. Anyway, today is very exciting. I've got some stuff on the agenda. And I want to begin to talk to you first a little bit about the autumnal equinox, just a little bit. So to start off, I'm going to read you a quote. No spring nor summer beauty hath such grace as I have seen. Life starts all over again when it gets crisp in the fall. John Donne. John Donne was an English writer and Anglican cleric. He is considered to be the preeminent metaphysical poet of his time. And check this out. He was born in 1572. So can you imagine here he was um, a metaphysical poet back in 1572? Very, very cool. As far as astrology goes this week, we're looking at the autumnal equinox happening on the 20th today at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. And today the sun also enters Libra. So it's an excellent day to focus and concentrate and prepare ourselves for the upcoming Mercury retrograde on the 26th, if you're so inclined to be influenced by this particular astrological event. So today, 
Um, if anybody has any questions, though, right now, this might be a perfect time to um, this might be a perfect time to just ask any questions that you have before I continue. Otherwise, I'm going to go right in today's question and then introduce our guest. All right, so let's go into today's question. Today's question is, Ellie, I have been working on my memoir for a few years now and just cannot seem to get it complete. What should I do? KP from Atlanta. All right. Well, there's this is a two... I got some teaching moments in here. Uh, number one, I would... I would Oh, hi, can, um, um, all right, is it possible to be muted um, for anybody who is on the call right now because uh, the noises, <laughs> their background noises? Okay, if that's possible, if not, um, that's really great and we'll work with that. Anyway, um, KP from Atlanta, what should I do? Question, first of all, I would remove the word should from my vocabulary as it creates obligation again and this urgency that you're or this feeling that you're you're not doing enough. So there's this quality of not enough, not enough. What should I do? There's an energy here. So we're just going to, that's a suggestion. You don't have to listen to my suggestion about removing should. However, it lightens up the work on your memoir and completing it when you remove the word should. But this question about writing a memoir and not being able to get it complete is part of the topic that I want to be talking about today as it will segue us into our topic of storytelling and what it takes to write and publish any type of book. So it is human nature and in our biology to want to be listened to and to share our stories. And today I am very excited to introduce my guest, Professor Darrell Thomas from the University of Western Oregon. Professor Thomas is a, pub, is a public health professor and her focus is in the determinants of health and integrated medicine. And she specializes in community systems and patterns. So good morning. Welcome, Professor Thomas. How are you? Good morning. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Loud and crispy clean. Yay. Oh, this is so much fun. Well, good morning. Um, I just love the topic today about storytelling. And I just want to put a little context into it because, yes, you're correct. People want to tell their stories. But we also, as a people, we want to hear the stories as a community, as a group. And this is ancient. And oh, back in as long as humans were living in groups, somebody in the group would be the storyteller and the rest of the community would gather around and they would tell the stories over and over and over. And of course, now we have writing and then we have movies and we have um, podcasts. <laughs> and so there's so many wonderful ways to tell the stories, but the community always wants to hear the stories. Um, and it, it tells us sort of how we can live in this world. Um, stories tell us who we can be. As stories tell us how we can interact with each other. And I just want to point out in the system of a community, 
the uh, importance of storytelling can be shown in the value of storytelling. In the ancient days, storytellers would just be taken care of. They'd make sure the community would make sure they're fed and they had shelter. Now, just take a look in our very complicated modern civilization. Look how much the storytellers are paid, the actors and the actresses, the uh, people who are working in the news system. It's important to us. We want to hear these stories. And so it's ancient, it's modern, and as you've said, Ellie, it's biological. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today and being here live with us. Um, I know that you have studied groups and patterns and society for a very long time. In, and we, I know that before we got on our call, we were talking about the role back in the day of the storyteller, how there would just the importance of the storyteller in the tribe. And then um, I remember that there was something that you had shared with me. I don't know if you recall what you shared with me about, about that. Do you recall what you shared with me? Because I really don't at this moment. But I remember it was really quite profound. Do you remember? <laughs> well, maybe it's this. So we talk about storytelling in ancient times before written history. And I think the best living example of this is the Bible. Because for thousands of years, people living in the Middle East would tell these stories over and over. They'd memorize them. And finally, when humans invented writing, they wrote the stories down. And now, of course, we have this document, which is thousands of years old, written by you know, hundreds of people. And yet we still look at it today. Some people use it as a guide to how we should interact with each other and you know, how we should be in the world. So storytelling is a vital part of the community. And when you say, I look at systems, yes, that's it. Ellie, you're so great at really empowering individuals. Um, and then I always like to look at, well, how does the individual fit into the community and how do they impact it and what kind of contribution can an individual make? But I'm looking at systems and patterns. And so this is just great. Storytelling is so valuable. It always was. It still is today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing some, for sharing your insights on this. I have uh, two questions. One is just a comment. Basically, mm -hmm. I started to notice there's a lot of consultants now offering workshops and classes in how to become a great storyteller. So this is, it's emerging as a really big business. Well, what else is new, right? Um, <laughs> in terms of patterns in community, because <laughs> Back in the day, the storyteller was a position of, of uh, importance, right? As the, sometimes it was the shaman himself who was the storyteller, mm -hmm. or it was someone important in the tribe. And we all know that we are, you know, we're tribal herd mentality people here, whether we want to believe it or not, but yeah, we are. Exactly, exactly. And now imagine everyone's like jumping on the bandwagon, taking courses in let's become really great storytellers, capitalize on this, make money and tell our stories. So not that I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from becoming a storyteller. If you've got it in you, go for it. Just, you know, how I am about empowering. So, you know, if you want to be a storyteller, go for it, go for it, go for it. And the point that I really want to make about all of this is that 
this urge, just as you were saying, Daryl, we have the urge within us to tell our story, to get there, to talk about ourselves, to share the story of our lives, to share the lessons that we have learned. And I'm going to encourage everybody on the planet to write their story or get their story out there because these stories are fascinating. Um, have you you have you ever thought about writing a story or a book or your own personal memoirs? Professor oh Thomas. <laughs> oh my. Um, hmm. Well, <laughs> I I think I might tell my story and I might talk to someone, I, but for writing, that just seems like a kind of a bigger realm. I don't know if I, I mean I write certainly, but a larger realm of you know, could I write something? Would there be an audience? Hey, you know, it's so funny. This seems so shallow, but would I make money at it? That's just so, because that's not what's important. The urge is to, you know, get the story out and uh, speak to the human condition, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. But uh, me write a book? Ooh, I don't know. What would, what would stop you? Um, well, so first of all, I just want to say you're a fabulous writer. I mean, I have read, I've read your blogs and your newsletters, and you're an absolutely fabulously gifted writer. What comes to your mind when you think about what would stop you from writing a story or uh, your, your memoir? Oh, the same thing that's making me pause right now. <laughs> like, um... Let's see, what am I, what am I, I'm feeling like a little nervous to answer this question. Hmm, maybe, I don't know, it's sort of putting myself out there. Will I be judged? Will, will I be liked? Will I be disliked? Um, will anybody listen? Will I be ignored? It's, it's that, it's that human, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't know, makes me nervous. So, so it would just be easier to just ignore it and not, not write anything and not publish it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so here's the thing. Thank you. And thank you for your honesty in sharing that because that what you're just talking about is the reason why most people don't write or people begin to write and then they never get anywhere. It is all of the our human emotions. It is the the fabric of I'm going to call it the that let's call it the little devil that sits on our shoulder. You know, we have um, empowering voices in our head and then we have disempowering voices in our head. And it is also known in the writing community as the critic, the, the critic who then will criticize everything that we do. In some, in some communities, it's also known as the ideal self, meaning the ideal self is different from us in terms the ideal self is supposed to be perfect and held to higher higher standards and as thomas says over here again he is his comment is fear fear would have people stop writing and this is this is really a fabulous topic so the i'm just going to go back to the question that um who was it tp asked about why am i not getting my her book her why am i not getting this finished and there's a very high level of vulnerability that happens when a person writes. So first of all, you know, the idea of will I be published? That's one question. And when we ask will I be published nowadays, 
uh, you can publish. Self-publishing is easier. There's self-publishing. That's a whole other conversation. Self-publishing, hybrid publishing, and then traditional publishing. And to get published is not a problem any longer. So that's not a problem. To make money from a book is a actually a fantasy and a dream or a fluke. So there are very few authors that make a lot of money uh, writing books. You have to really be good at promoting yourself or somebody promotes you. There's got to be the right book at the right time. You want to call it luck, intention. There's a whole lot of things involved in becoming a, um, let's call it a very successfully monetized, a monetarily successful author that is a very different ball game from you know being out on the new, even in the new york times bestseller list does not guarantee that one will be able to sustain and make money doing that over time but the idea of writing the story is also for at least for me is not about the finances uh it is usually about just getting the story out there and then in the, in the act of getting the story out there, that is when we become extremely vulnerable. What will people think? Is my writing good enough? So that's where that critic starts to show up. And then one of the things, and I'm not going to reinvent the wheel on this one. So the most fabulous book that I have ever read on writing was called is called The War of Art. And it is written by Stephen Pressfield. This book is priceless. And the reason it's called The War of Art is that it really deals with resistance and fear. So, And this is not just about even writing, even though he does like to talk about it in terms of writing because he is an author. However, this book, The War of Art, is for any creative he walks creatives right through all forms of resistance. So we start doing something else. We do this, we do that. We don't have time. Um, there's just so many different ways that resistance will show up. And what happens is if you really do want to start to write, the only there's only one thing to do in this, that is to give up who's going to read it, and will I be famous? And will it make a difference? And you got to give up all those conversations and you got to show up. It, you just got to show up to writing and you got to show up every day and you got to show up no matter what. And it's like having a job. You just got to show up and you got to write. And then that you're committed. A person is committed um, to the long haul and to realize that the stakes are real and that it's just, um, you got to have some, some humor about it. And you really have to love it. If you want to write, I do believe that writing is a love and that if you are going to want to write, you do have to really love the idea of writing. And if you do want to tell your story, again, there's got to be a certain level of commitment to telling that story, to sharing that into wanting to do it so that the passion to share the story, the passion to write, the passion to do the storytelling will become stronger than the fear and the, the conversations that happen in the head. Um, yeah. Um, that's right. And Thomas also said, you're also letting someone into an area of life. Yes, there is a very, very large, large amount of 
vulnerability in telling a story. But there are different ways. One can be a, a science fiction writer. One can you can be a novelist. Uh, you can be you could write your memoir. Of course, writing a memoir is way more personal personal, and you're way more vulnerable than you know writing a, in my opinion. And then writing a story that is totally fiction, or writing a how-to book, but you're still there's still still amount of being exposed. And then the author has the critic come in and say, "Oh, they're going to judge my writing." And for the most part, people judge your writing, but not the way that you think they do. So I'm going to base it on my own book that I wrote when I wrote Children Who Know How to Know. Uh, it took me it took me a few years to really finish it, and one of one of the biggest reasons that it took me so long to finish was the science kept getting better and better. And then I would be able to prove my thoughts, my theories that I had about this with science. So I kept waiting, and the science would get better, and I have to like add the science to a to a chapter. But I wrote on I wrote the book diligently, and my fear in when I wrote this book was. Is my language easy to understand? Is my book understandable? Can people relate to it? Now, not everybody's going to relate to it. You know that there's a different, it's a very, very selective audience. Only I did it and the intent was to teach, to help, to guide, and to show. So I just showed up every single day and did the work and the rest of it was, it was history. Um, even the way it was published turned out to be um, I'm going to call it a fluke or a manifestation. I, um, oh, and then I'm over here. Love your book, Ellie. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Eva. And so when I was ready to, I had this manuscript and now I was looking for, I'm not, what do I have to hire an agent? I got to find an agent. So I started to look at publishing companies that people that I knew uh, had published with, so friends who had written and published with the company. And so I wrote my own uh, query letter, which is what one does when one, pro when, that's what a person does in order to get your book published. So I wrote my query letter, I wrote, sent in three chapters, and then I really forgot about it. And the day that I was, uh, the day that I was scheduling an appointment to speak with an agent to go look for publishers. I got an email from the company that ended up publishing my book, Black Opal. And their, the letter was, the email was, hey, you know, sorry, it took us so long to get back to you. But if you're still looking for a publisher, we would be more than, we'd be delighted to have you on board with us. And that was one of the most exciting days of my life, honestly, <laughs> that and having children, but there's in the well, yeah, and the weddings, but you know, there are things that are exciting, memorable days. And that was one of the most exciting days of my life. That day when the publisher said yes, was even more exciting than the day the book was released. That was really interesting, interesting observations for me. But anyway, so basically in a nutshell, if you do want to write just know that this is natural and we do want to tell our stories. So go for it and pick up Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art and get over yourself. Just write every day, show up and don't worry about who's going to read it and where it's going to get published because we leave that to the universe. But the point is show up every day and write it. 
make your story count if you want to tell your story. Make it because you're important. Every one of us is an important individual and we all have something to share and we're all contribution and contributors to the whole of humanity. So get out there and share your story and share it with passion. Uh, okay. Thank you. And thanks, Daryl. Uh, thanks, Professor Thomas, for being with us today. Thanks for being our guest. And as usual, Miss Ellie, you um, were able to really get to the heart of the matter and empower an individual rather than just blabbing about things in general. So thank you for being there and being so empowering. Oh, thank you. And thanks for being with us today. Um, I have two more agendas for today really quickly. I have a question from Tomas, and then I want to offer everyone an autumnal equinox ritual for today if they're interested. So I'm just going to run through that. So first question over here, Tomas. Um, uh, okay, where's your question? I've been looking for an apartment for the past month. I found a wonderful place. I was informed yesterday the landlady decided to rent to a friend. Am I looking in the right places and will it come soon as my furniture arrived and will need to go into storage? Okay. So here's the thing, Thomas, you already know the answer to this question. So number one, I'm just going to repeat this to you, be, you know, so, <laughs> so like, okay, Thomas, you know this, but I'm just going to share this with everybody listening right now. You were not ready to move into your own place yet. You were just not ready. And it wasn't that you weren't ready because the furniture hadn't arrived or anything. You just weren't ready to move into your own place psych psychologically or psychically. A move that you have undertaken going into a new country without knowing the language, no friends, just family. This is a big undertaking and your body, your mind and your soul need to process this and begin to calibrate at the frequency that you are now currently vibrating at. And so don't worry about that apartment that she gave away to a friend. That's not your place. It's not your apartment. Otherwise, it would have been there for you. And I'm just going to suggest from a psychic point of view and also knowing you that you just continue doing what you're doing and now bring in the manifestation tools and that your furniture arrives and you have your place. You know, you could turn around to Homas and tomorrow you could have your apartment and it was going to be there and it's going to be the one that you want. You have come so far, just continue to believe in yourself and do the visualization the way that you've been doing it. And you're going to see that the apartment will come to you, you know, and if you want to add a little bit of, you know, affirmations, you know, I now attract the perfect place to me. The time is right. Um, this is the time for me to have my perfect apartment. I am now willing to accept it. I receive it and I'm moving into it. And the universe knows. And once you've declared that, that's it. Just know that you're going to go powerfully into your own place and it'll be at the right time. So this is going to be great. And then on our next call, you're going to be telling us that you found your apartment. <laughs> and I'm just happy that you're here tonight and that you're out to this afternoon that you're with us today. Um, so glad to have you here again. Anyway, I've got a ritual for anybody who wants to do this. It is now harvest time. And so 
one of the rituals that you can perform if you want to is to take a candle, set up a candle while you're doing the work, have your favorite essential oil nearby, maybe play your favorite your favorite music or something really calming that will get you into a nice deep alpha level while you're doing this and create three lists, three lists. On one list, look at all that you have harvested and created over the year. Just write it all down. What have you accomplished over the year? Um, and then write down on there, um, who, you know, who did you meet this year? Who did you hang with? What circumstances did you attract? Write it all down. The good and the not so good, if that's, you know, if you feel that, what it, that there were circumstances that weren't so good. So basically think of it in terms of harvesting your crop and then also having weeds because it just comes there. The unwanted just comes. So you write it all down, write down what you personally, professionally, you know, spiritually created for yourself. And then after you have your whole list complete, then write, separate the list and write two different things. Write up all of the things that you wish to continue for the next year as if you were planting and harvesting and planting those seeds. And then even add onto that list, what else could you plant? What else would you want to bring in for the next year? And then on the other, the other list, the second list, or the third list now, write up all the things that you no longer wish to bring in with you. Like what are the weeds? You don't want them. Maybe there are people that need to get released. Maybe there are thoughts that need to be released. Maybe there are behaviors that need to be released. Just write those all down. And then for the releasing, you have different ways to do that. If you want, you can burn the releasing. You can also tear them up and let it go to the wind. You can bury it into the earth. Uh, just basically, or you can release it to the ocean. Just basically remember that this is a symbolic release and that you are consciously no longer going to be bringing in those weeds with you into your next season so that when it comes harvest time in 2022, you'll look back and you'll say, wow, these are the things that I declared I was going to bring into my life during this calendar year. These are the things that are going to blossom and grow. And I'm going to give water to them and feed them. And these are the things I let go. And I, I really let them go. They're no longer in my life. And I have pulled out those weeds and you know, chop them all up and send them back out to the universe. So with that, I leave you all this week. And I oh, just want to let you know one other thing. We have a fabulous guest coming also next week. I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Next week, our guest is uh, the award-winning author and historian, Carrie Ann Flanagan Broski. She's the author of nine books, and she's been featured in numerous publications, including the New York Times, Newsday, and Distinction Magazine. She's been on CBS, Sunday Morning Show, and a few other um, shows. Also, she's going to be talking about her brand new book, and she has written books on mystery. She's written books on hauntings and it's going to be, so it's going to be right in time, a little pre Halloween season coming along. So I, you know, I'd love to have you all on the call and you can look at her. I'm going to send you her website. 
It's Carrie Ann Flanagan. Um, you know what? I'm going to copy it and put it into, I'm going to put this into the chat if I can. One moment, everybody. So let's see if I can get Carrie Ann's, Carrie Ann Flanagan Brosky in there. Okay, this is it. If that doesn't come up, it's going to be something really close to that when you go Google search it. I thank Professor Thomas for being with us today. I thank you all for being with us. I am so excited that we all create something really spectacular for these next few months and going into the next year. And I look forward to being on the call with you all next week as we listen to Carrie Ann share her new book. It's going to be exciting, Hauntings and Mysteries. Um, and um, Professor Thomas, you were excellent. Thanks, Ellie. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Ciao. Have a wonderful equinox. Happy, happy releasing and planting. Much love. Many blessings. Bye, everyone.